Welcome to day four of week seven of our look through First and Second Samuel. We're going to look at Second Samuel chapter nine today. We've seen David as a warrior. We've seen David as a king. We've seen David in victory in battle. But we see a different, a different side of David in what happens in Second Samuel chapter nine. Let me read for you the story of what happened. Chapter nine, verse one. David asked, "Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness, for Jonathan's sake?" Now, there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They called him to appear before David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? Your servant, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There's still a son of Jonathan. He's crippled in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, He's at the house of Machir, son of Amiel of Lodabar. So King David had him brought up from Lodabar, from the household of Mekir, son of Amiel. And when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, your servant, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table, and he was crippled in both feet. And by the way, how is he crippled in both feet? Well, you go back to 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, and you find out. It says there, Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. His nurse picked him up and fled, but as she hurried to leave, he fell and became crippled. His name was Mephibosheth. Now, first of all, let me just say, as you study through First and Second Samuel, you run into these Ishbosheths and Mephibosheths. There's a lot of names in here that aren't our kind of names, but they're the names of those people that lived then. And this name, Mephibosheth, lives forever as a story of grace. Why did this nurse pick this young boy up and run out of the house so fast that she fell and he was crippled? Because in that day, if you were part of the family of the previous kingdom and a new king came in, you were killed. What would usually happen was you were killed. That's why Mephibosheth was so terrified when David brought him before him because he thought he was going to he thought he was going to be killed. But instead, David shows him kindness. We've walked through what it means for David to be a man after God's own heart, and we've seen that it's because he had a heart full of faith, the kind of faith that could slay a Goliath. It's also because he had a heart full of submission, the kind of heart that could submit to Saul all of those years when he was doing all those crazy things. But David, a man after God's own heart, it's also seen in that he had a heart of compassion, the the compassion that could bless, show grace to a Mephibosheth. No one else would have shown this kind of grace, but David looked to show this kind of grace. When you and I look at this, 
action that David took this day, this action of compassion, this action of kindness. One of the questions that should come to my mind, your mind is, who needs my kindness today? David is king, yet he still takes time to show compassion. You're never too important to stop showing compassion. You're never too busy to stop showing compassion. Sometimes when we feel too busy, compassion goes right out the window. Often it does. And when it does, you realize something's wrong in my life. Because God has created us to show compassion. The Bible commands us to be compassionate to one another. The second commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. Show love to everyone who's around you. Now, how do you show compassion? Let's just think about that for a minute before we look at Mephibosheth a little bit more. How are you going to show compassion today? Let me give you five ways, five words that start with S. Be sensitive, be supportive, be sympathetic, be straightforward, be spontaneous. Thanks to Pastor Rick Warren for these five ways. Number one, be sensitive. Be sensitive. That means you're looking, you're listening for people's hurts. So often we run through life so fast, all we notice are our own hurts. But the truth is, everyone you meet today is hurting in some way. And when you're sensitive to those hurts, you have an opportunity to show compassion just in the moment, just to stop long enough or to look in their eyes long enough to say, I'm praying for you, I care about you. Be sensitive to other people's needs. You walk by somebody, you say, how are you doing today? They say, I'm fine. How are you doing today? They say, I'm fine. Walk by the next person, how are you doing today? Well, okay. Be sensitive to that moment. What do you mean, okay? How can I pray for you? Because you know something's going on in their life. Be sensitive. To show compassion, you also have to be supportive. Now, you can be supportive in a lot of ways, but one of the strongest ways is with your words. You can show kindness and compassion to others through the kinds of words that you share with them, words not that tear down. We hear enough of those kinds of words in this world, but words that build them up. God is at work in your life. God does care about you. God loves you. God has a plan, and he has a purpose for your life. Be supportive with your words towards other people. It'll shock people many times because you don't hear people talking like that often enough. Be sensitive, be supportive, be sympathetic. Be sympathetic with your feelings. Feel along with people the hurt that they're facing as you pray with them, as you put your arm around them, as you let them know that you're caring for them. Be sympathetic towards what they're going through in that moment. Compassion means not only that somebody says the right things, but I sense from them that they're feeling along with me the hurt that I'm facing in life. Be sympathetic. Fifth way to show compassion, to show kindness, is to be straightforward. I talked a moment ago about being supportive with your words. That doesn't always mean that you say nice, really nicey, nice things. Sometimes being supportive with your words is in a kind way saying the truth to someone. We've got this epidemic of being so nice with our words that we can't say the truth to someone. Their life has fallen apart, but we can't recognize that their life has fallen apart. There is some truth they need to hear, but we can't say the truth that they need to hear. They're running away from God, but you can't say in just a kind way, when are you going to realize that you don't have to run from God? He's the one who loves you. He's the one who's inviting you in. You don't have to be judgmental in being straightforward. You can be loving in being straightforward and still say the truth. People need to hear the truth in a supportive, encouraging way. It's one of the great things we miss in this world today. It's kindness, it's compassion. And then the fifth word is be spontaneous. You can't always plan your kindness. Now, David here planned to be kind. You need to plan it sometimes, no doubt about that. But sometimes you just run into it and you have to stop. And you have to spend some time with that person. It might be just a minute. It might be an hour. 
In some cases, it might mean you change all your plans and you spend that day. In order to show compassion, kindness, you have to be spontaneous. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, most all of his compassion was shown when he was spontaneous, when he stopped in the moment to heal someone, to speak to someone. Who can you be compassionate to today? Where can you show kindness today? Like King David showed kindness to Mephibosheth. Now, Mephibosheth, he's a picture of kindness, but there's something deeper here. Many, many teachers of the Bible see a picture of our salvation through Jesus in David's actions towards Mephibosheth. David is a, is a type. He's a forerunner of Christ. He pictures for us many of the things that Jesus is going to do for us someday. He's not perfect. He's not Jesus, but he is a picture many times. And here you see in Mephibosheth the truth about us. Here is one who's fallen and crippled, and he's living on the outskirts of Israel, hiding, waiting his death someday. And he's brought in before the king. And instead of being given judgment, he's given grace. He's given the grace of the king. He's invited to sit at the king's table. This is the same thing as every one of us. We're fallen. We're crippled. Every one of us is crippled in some ways, not physically maybe, but emotionally and certainly spiritually. We're separated from God. And God could bring us in and simply judge all of us and end it all, but he does not. Because of the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, he invites us in and he says, you don't have to live on the outskirts anymore. You don't have to live in hiding anymore from me. I invite you to come and sit at my table. I invite you to experience my grace. Now, you can walk away from that and miss out on that, or you can come in with open arms and sit at the king's table. The Bible is saying here that God comes to all of us. We're all broken. We're all crippled in some way. And God says, I want to bring you into my family. I want you to sit at my table. I want to treat you like royalty, as one of my own sons, one of my own daughters, simply out of grace. Have you received that grace, that invitation of forgiveness and life in Christ? If not, you can receive it right now. This old story of Mephibosheth can be a story that leads you to that place of realizing who Jesus really is. You receive his grace by saying, yes. Yes, Jesus, I will sit at your table. Yes, Jesus, I am grateful for your forgiveness. Yes, Jesus, I want to live the life you've given me to live. Yes, I trust in you. I trust in you. Thank you for your grace. In your name, amen. Tomorrow, we're going to learn more about grace from this man, Mephibosheth. (laughs) 